Welcome everyone to the Sports Review here on Planet 104.6 FM on, on, or if you listen on planetaudio.org.nz. Um, what a fantastic weekend it has been here in the uh, City of Sales. Great Sevens tournament out at Waitamata. Eden, uh, went, Eden won the Auckland Club Sevens. No moaning about uh, too many under-85s players, but yeah. Anyway, at the week... We, as we do, every Monday we talk rugby and joining us on the line, we have former All Black World, 1987 World Cup winner, Alan Witten. Good afternoon, AJ. How are you going, mate? Uh, it's been a busy morning, mate. This is glad uh, you called me. I had my mind elsewhere. Well, you know, you know, you, you need to think, you know, the, I'm the most important part of your Monday, AJ. I'm only joking, by the way, <laughs> when I say that. <laughs> we know that. We yeah. know that. Yeah. Hey, we, we we might as well get straight on to it. All Blacks versus Puma. As far as I can see, the All Blacks were out for it, outplayed, outmuscled and outpassioned. What was your thoughts on this game? I think you just summed it up. Next question. Oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no uh, quite, quite frankly, AJ, I had a look at that game and I, I felt that, um, i tell you something, that, that, that Argentinian defence was fantastic and their captain... Uh, Pablo Mantea was he he was just a beast out there, wasn't he? Oh yeah, and well the number six jersey too. But look I think the game, let's be honest, all caught us a bit by surprise. Um I've played Argentina a few times and I tell you what, they've never I've never had one easy game. But you've just managed to crack them in this vital time. If you just hang in there long enough and it's just the pressure and the pace of the game usually um finds them wanting. But I must admit they've done their prep and um, they just came out all guns blazing, as you said, and uh, just physically dominated the All Blacks. And I think that's the word that sums it up right across the park, not only in the forward, but in the backs with the tackle um, and the recovery of the turnover ball and just didn't give them the space that I think the All Blacks thought that they would manage. But uh, when you're going backwards in the tackle, that in-your-face defence to say the, the All Blacks were just found wanting and I guess the issue was you know, wasn't there a change of plan or the increased intensity to match them and um, that's the thing that was, uh, was lacking It certainly was AJ some of the thoughts I talk about, Nicholas Sanchez was was just brilliant they, Oh thank he, you, absolutely yeah. brilliant but we know he's brilliant Oh yeah, yes, you can tell this is why he's probably one of the highest paid rugby players in the, in the world. Um, I I felt at times we didn't have a plan B, and I also I I also felt that you know we, we were uh, we, we, lacking tactical uh, direction at times. Yeah, but that comes down to pressure. Um, it just comes down to the ferocity of the Argentinians in your face. You've got to dominate against sides uh, like Argentina. They feed off the excitement. They feed off emotion. And uh, you could see it in the players. They just kept on lifting. I was actually waiting for them to to maybe just, you know, fall off a bit. But uh, the All Blacks weren't matching that. I mean, they'll look at the tapes. And usually across the board you say, well, you know, these guys played well or stepped up. And, you know, for once we're pretty limited to say, really who came out saying that they, they played as they should in that all-black jersey. And let's give credit to the Argentinians. They didn't mm. let them play that yeah. way. So, Absolutely. you know, you've got to tick that box. Mm. You know, it's not going to go all your way because you put mm. on the black jersey <laughs> and you step on the field. Um, I thought your skipper played well. I think he had been playing well, but he didn't quite... He didn't have that support, Peggy. Um, I thought Sam Whitelock again... Yeah, mm. still giving it 100%, taking it up. Boy Moody, he was obviously you know, excited to get back on the pitch, and, and it did show. But, um, you know, apart from that, there's not many players that sort of, um, you know, I can remember that can come out of there and saying they had a, had a, had a worthy match. So um, credit to the Argentinians. Did their homework, excited, got out there, and they lived for each other on the day, and um, they picked up the points. They certainly did. Would you make any changes to the All Blacks in a couple of weeks' time against Argentina? And and just the other question that has to be asked, there's been a lot of talk about Ian Foster. This must, even, we know he's got a two-year contract, this must add that little bit of added pressure on him. Yeah, but I think um, Ian Foster would know and the other um, All Blacks um, coaches. Look, that, that goes with the territory. 
Um, Ian Foster's employed to be the coach for the next two years. Mm. You know, that's not going to change. So we've just got to move on. You know, yeah. Have a breath. Move on. Look, the All Blacks in the, the last two matches in a row haven't performed as they should. They know that. There's only one way to go now after two losses, and that's to have a win. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I would put the team out with a couple of changes. Um I think it's time to give Hoskins so two two a run at eight. Yep. Um, I think um, there was a, but even Sammy got beaten. There was a couple of opportunities that the All Blacks didn't take, and that mm. could have made all the difference. Um, the pass from the blind side, even though we talk about the Argentinian captain, he was a bit slow off the scrum a couple of times, he and he was. gave the space on that blind side to halfback number eight. So we didn't capitalise on that, um, but I'd like to see Hoskins have a go. Um, I think. Um, uh, Scott Barrett, um, he, even though um, a couple of ill discipline from the previous test against Australia, I think he, he brings a bit of that aggression, that dominance um, in the second row. Mm. And uh, I'd like to see him back and, and start most of the others. Um, the back line, yeah, what would you change? Um, I don't think I'd make too many changes. Um, other players that you select to come in, going to make a difference. That's what they've got to decide from the talent that they put out there on the weekend. Was it just one of those games where the All Blacks just did in front, we move on? Or do we analyse it even more and make multiple changes? Well, I think that's for wiser heads rather than me. Yep, sure is. Okay, we'll move on to the Mitre 10 Cup. What a weekend of Mitre 10 Cup it was, AJ. Started off on Friday, Counties Manukau pretty much end, ended the Southland season with a good 25-17 win over um, Southland. North Harbour, uh, no, I should know, correction, Northland looked really oh. good over uh, Waikato and... You know, some of the things, some of what I took out, out of was was the performance of Sam. Sam Knott had a very good game. Oh, no, look, I think the weekend, the Mitre 10 Cup has, has oh, been a great. ripper this year and, yeah. and long may it continue. I mean, 10 points to cover the, the, the uh, Premiership, wow. Um, coming down to the last round, that's what you want. So, uh, yeah, no, look, Northland up the Kaikaui, great to see you having a game outside of the uh, major venues, um, well supported. You get what you get with an orphan, don't you? Yeah, one week in, one week out. But boy, when you get it right, you better be on your game. And um, yeah, well done to them. They've made the top four. I think um, most of the teams have, that we think would have got there haven't. So you've got to take your head off to those uh, other teams like your Northlands, your Bay of Plenties. Oh, Isn't yeah. it great to see that their rugby is alive and well in those provinces? It certainly is, and of course, Wellington had a finish their season off of a 31-5 win over Manawatu. Manawatu get the wooden spoon in the championships. Otago had a loss to Tasman, 26-20. David Harvey and Mitchell Hunt looked very good. Quinton Strange back. Then we go to Super Sunday. Now, I tell you what, that Bay of Plenty North Harbour match, what an absolute... The whole game's on that Sunday. It should be called Super Sunday because the game <coughs> was, it was just super... Yeah, the word super has got has got more to do with it. That Bay of Plenty North Harbour game, oh my goodness, what a great game. Yeah, absolute ripper. And I tell you what, that uh, winger, was it? Uh, the Fijian boy, who scored. What a classic try. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and that's what you want to see on a Sunday afternoon, isn't it? You know, I'd oh, pay yeah. my money, go down and watch that any time. Give credit to Harbour. We wrote them off at the start of the season, three up, three down. Um and we thought, no, that's them. But um, they came back um, with four wins in a row, then a loss and a loss to obviously keep them out from uh, the Premiership. And they are going to go down relegated. And that'll be a tough pill to swallow. But hats off to Bay of Plenty. Fantastic rugby. Came down to the wire. And uh, that passion that we, uh, that we see in Mitre 10, long may it continue in the calibre of the skills that sometimes was unbelievable. So uh, good on the bay. They'll be uh, rearing to go. And I guess what we're saying, Big uh, is that this competition, once again, just puts up new players that the selectors will be looking at for uh, Super Rugby going forward. Magic stuff. Oh, I tell you what, I, I, I'm picking Bay of Plenty to be the dark horse in, in that in that premiership. I just think they're, they're the team coming into form. Taron um, Hawks Bay... 
34, Taranaki 33, and that was a really good game. Devin Flanders, he's a good footballer, and of course, Ash Dixon really leading from the front. But then we go down to the last game, and those Cantabrians, AJ, they know how to get themselves out of the stock, don't they? Well, there's a lot of people thought that uh, they may be uh, going further south down to the next division, but you never write off Canterbury. I think uh, we saw their uh, last week performance against Tasman. Um, they weren't um, going to just uh, fade away. Um, great afternoon again of uh, footy, and the ground looked perfect down there at Christchurch. And I thought Auckland, well, off to a magic start. Yeah. But uh, then they were left found wanting, and um, I thought it was all over over, what, with about 10, 15 minutes to go? Yep. And uh, Auckland came back, and I thought they'd stolen it. And then, of course, the last kick to uh, win the game for the Red and Blacks. Look, they'll be delighted. Um, they're obviously going to stay up into the, uh, the premiership. But, um, again, what a great advertisement for rugby. Um, of course, Harbour, that uh, makes them uh, the bottom team. They go back down to the uh, championship. So that'll be tough for them. But, uh, again, uh, a great finish to the weekend. Um, good rugby. Briasi, again, just putting his hand up. Yep. And, um, yeah, and I guess it was just desperation from Canterbury's point of view, Piggy. You know, they just wanted that little bit more in the end. Well, and um, you can't say they didn't deserve it. Um, but, hey, um, as I say, they've managed to uh, stay up in the uh, premiership for next season. I tell you what, keep a look out for that young kid Schaefer Harkey who, who kicked that last-minute penalty. 19 years of age, ex- expect to see him running out in a Crusaders shirt in a few years' time in Super Rugby. What a scatter the, the semi-finals in the championships. Hawks Bay versus Taranaki, Otago versus Northland. Give, give me your picks for, the, for that one, AJ. Well, I'm picking Hawks Bay. I think they're the darling team of the competition. Down and out against the Naki. Just shows you the reserves and the commitment they've got to get up. Um, and they've got to play them all again yeah. at home. I, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough ask for anybody playing Hawks Bay at the moment. They're riding high. You'd expect them to win it. Um, the other one, not so much. Otago, a couple of disappointing matches the last two weeks. Is their season gone? Northland. You know what? I'm going to pick Northland. That's I'm going to pick the Northern to come to Tanifar to do, do a bit of an upset down south. I am, I've actually picked that. Auckland, uh, Waikato, Tasman Bay are plenty in the Premiership. Auckland, Waikato. Uh, yeah, Auckland. Well, don't you? Waikato, they don't fear Auckland. They came up in the pre in the round robin. They bet them at home here. Um, so I have no doubt that Waikato will be uh, backing themselves. But of Auckland, that's their opportunity. Playing at home, um, i um be very disappointed as most supporters if they lost at the semi-final at home. Um, and then you go with Tasman uh, playing against Bayer plenty well. I still don't think Tasman are firing. Um, the game against Otago was uh, a bit of a stop-start affair. Um, too many missed tackles and mistakes from my point of view. Yeah, I know there was a few injuries. But uh, if there's going to be an upset, this could be it. Yep. I have plenty against Tasman. You'd expect Tasman to win at home, but uh, this one's close to call. You know what I'm going to say? A draw with extra time. <laughs> I'm going by plenty on this, AJ. I just think they're going to be the dark horse <laughs> in this one. They've just come into some really good form. They've and their and their time and their run at the right part of the season. Well. Thank you very much, as, as usual, AJ, um, um, for, com- for coming on the show. I will have a chat next week on the semi-finals, and, and then in a few weeks' time, you, you won't have the dreaded call from the studio because I think I'll be giving you a well-deserved break, AJ. Well, apart from that, I'm sure there'll be a nice lemonade on the side there, Piggy. Uh, see, uh, uh, rum and coke, uh, rum and coke. <laughs> you bet your son. Any time, mate. Have a good day. Hey, same to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was AJ Wetton. We'll just get to a bit of music and we'll just get um, Frank Endicott on the line. Saw the truck in his rear view. I had no way of knowing. The good Lord was coming down on us And there was no going back Truck jack knife in mid-passing His eyes all full of fear 
Ladies and gentlemen, just a bit of music. Of course, uh, this Wednesday we have the decider in state of origin. Uh, game two, uh, f- uh, New South Wales 34, Queensland 10. Oh, it's a fantastic game of rugby league. And here to review game two and preview game three is former Kiwis coach, former Auckland Warriors, Wigan Warriors, former Super League coach of the year, Frank Endicott. Good afternoon, Frank. How are you going, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks, Eamon. Very good. Good, good, good. Well, to tell you what, that was a huge turnaround in game two uh, for for New South Wales. Uh, it was a Cleary Tavisco masterclass, I would say. What was your thoughts on that game? Well, exactly that. And if you remember uh, last week, I think I did predict that to you, did or not? I did, but we weren't betting b- um, b- pints on this one. We've decided to, you know, <laughs> we've no, got a, no, you a state of origin. <laughs> we have a um, gambling-free policy. <laughs> no, fine. Look, look. The uh, without a doubt, it was a very, very good win from the Blues, and they needed to come back after their terrible effort in uh, Origin One. But the key to the win was the kicking game um, uh, from from Nathan Cleary and Walker. Um, both halves. I thought their kicking games, especially Clary's, was outstanding. And um, and again, you touch it on uh, Tedesco was a was a very good backup. Also, he, he had a great game. But so did many of the others. You know, the forwards laid the platform for them for the halves to play off. Uh, losing Cam Munster in the first two minutes certainly didn't help Queensland's cause. Um, but they'll come back stronger in Game Three also. So. I can't wait to game three. I think it's going to be a beauty. Yeah, I've just got to say, there has been a few changes. Uh, Corey Allen comes in on the wing, and Harry Grant, who had a brilliant season for the West Tigers, comes on to the bench. Now, putting your coach in hat, what does Queensland need to do to win this game? Apart from scoring more points than them, what would, <laughs> what would you do if you were the Queensland coach? Well, I think they've got to go in with the same intensity they did in game one. Um, that gets you into the game for a start. And and the other thing, they need to just uh, cut the unforced errors out and make sure they get the major percentage of the football. If they do that and have a, a home crowd behind them, they can win this. Um, I'm not suggesting I'm going to back them, but they can win it. It's going to be a very even encounter uh, game three uh, and a close game. But I'm, uh, I'm still tending to go to the Blues way after the way the convincing yeah. win they had in, uh, in game two. Yeah, yeah, I think the Blues would have to go in a, as favourites. You yep. know, is there anything you know? Is there anything that Queensland needs to do differently? Obviously not. But really, if if you're a Queensland, who, what players would you be targeting? Let's, let's say, would you be putting more pressure on Cleary and Walker to force their kicking game? Yeah, well, easier said than done. Um, if they can, then that would go a long way into winning the game because uh, they didn't put too much pressure on the, the two halves in yeah. uh, game two, and look what happened. I mean, their kicking game was absolutely superb. And I just noticed that they were kicking from a fair way out too, you know, for around the 40-metre mark. Yeah. So they um, they were they were playing their, their game plan was all about territory, and they had the best of the territory and the major share of the ball. So... Uh, that was the difference, the kicking game. It certainly was, and of course, one one other thing I did notice was uh, Damien Cox mate was making good meters from dummy half. So, 
Um, so you're going to pick. You're probably going to pick New South Wales in this by the end, indicating this at this stage. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think Harry Grant may give coming off the bench for Queensland may give them a bit more forward ball from dummy half. Uh, I think the dropping of Ben Hunt and and uh, picking Harry Grant is a uh, is a very very good decision. Very good decision. And uh, having Christian Welsh back in, of course, I, yep. I like him as a proper yeah, Melbourne good. Storm prop. I think he's a, a very good player. He's going to strengthen the team. And, of course, they'll have Cameron Munster, um, hopefully for the full 80 minutes, which will help them also. So they're going to be a lot stronger in Game 3. Um, but I'm still going for the Blues to uh, win 12 and under. i tell you what, I... I... I'm actually going to, I'm going to put my neck out. I'm going to go for Queensland 12 and under because I just believe that Brisbane crowd will, will be cheering them on and I think that they'll come with a different attitude. Anything Wayne Bennett's involved with, you know, he's always got a few tricks up his sleeve as we, um, as you know, Frank. So yeah. I'm going to go for a quick... For a Queensland uh, win on this, and I think Harry Grant is going to make a huge difference given the more front on ball. I think he's been one of the outstanding number nines this year in the in the NRL. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought he had a great year. Actually, he's a, he's a tough little competitor. Um, I've been very disappointed in Ben Hunt all year. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. I don't know how he they should. I, I, I can't believe how um, he made the made the squad for Queensland. No, no, I wouldn't mind getting paid over a million dollars a year for what he does. Um, but uh, Harry Grant, Harry Grant, this guy has got something special about him. Um, I'm predicting he'll play for Australia at some stage. He's only twenty odd now, isn't he? And yeah. uh, you know, he played for the Tigers this year. It's going to be an in- interesting whether Melbourne take him back next year. I'm sure they will. Uh, and I see Cameron Smith at the moment saying that he he, he wouldn't stay at Melbourne uh, this coming year uh, to hold Harry Grant and young Brandon Smith back. So, you know, I think he's just going to get better and better by playing at Melbourne. So uh, he'll play for Australia, that boy. Yeah, he certainly will. Well, thank you very much uh, for your insight into the to State of, uh, state of Origin 2 and 3. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game, Frank, and um, we'll have a chat next week. Do a wrap up of um, the state of Origin, and and you'll and after next week you'll get a fine dessert break from me. Yeah, thanks very much, Eamon. You have a great day. Hey, thanks, Frank. Thank you very much, Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Frank Endicott, um, fantastic analyst in the game of rugby league, isn't he? Next up, we have a bit of we have the madness hour because Mr. McNeese has had has got a lot to talk about, mostly rubbish, but uh, we're all pretty used to it. So he's up next. So we'll just play a bit of music and we'll get on to Brenda McNeese next.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Sports Review here on Planet FM 104.6. Uh, if you listen on planetaudio.org.nz and on, and on the line we have from Wellington for your listening entertainment, Mr. Brendan McNeese. Good afternoon, Brendan. How are you going, mate? Oh, good, mate. Yeah, yeah. What one of those one of those weekends that uh, that you're sort of glad that uh, you were born in Ireland and not New Zealand, eh? Ah, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> tell you, tell you what, though. Look, I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that was a remarkable performance and achievement by Los Pumas. You know, I, I hope that the colossal display by the Argentinians doesn't get lost on the very predictable lengths and spleen ripping that the media will do into the All Blacks. Uh, it certainly will, Brendan. I tell you what, mate, they outpassioned us. They have got no. There's no. There's no. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. I'll be very uh, interested to you know to listen to your regular Mark Watson, who's uh, next up. If he decides to give any credit to Argentina or just the normal bloodletting and self-flagellation, Kiwi Sagi. I will. I, I will say that there will be um, there will be blood on the uh, radio airways. Bring me the head of M. Foster. You remember that movie with Warren Oates? Bring me the head of Alfred. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Bring me the head of M. Foster. Like who? Who would be an all black coach? Eh? Oh, who would be yes. an all black? It is the poison chalice, and uh, like uh, yeah, so so I just I just hope that we do actually end up giving credit to the Argentinians. Like like they 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 were on Buckley's mission there, and how they pulled that off against the, you know you know the, the best fifteen that New Zealand could put on the park and just out outplayed them. So like uh, let, let's not lose sight of that. Yeah, and 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 on paper. You know, the All Blacks should have won this game. Argentina has had virtually no rugby, a couple of scratch warm-up games, and really came into it, which would be considered as underdone and absolutely destroyed us. Wow, some football. Well, well, your favourite tournament's been dominating the weekend, even. Uh, Sorry, sorry. You're uh, the biggest fan of of the Europa Nations League, glorified friendlies. However, there's a little diamond in the rough here, Eamon. There's a diamond in the rough. Okay. Belgium beat England. (laughs) (laughs) I did see that. (laughs) I I played them off the park. So uh, Gareth Southgate and uh, his um, merry men uh, just getting taken down a peg or two. You know, like every time they beat Estonia or somebody, they're going to win the World Cup. You know, but it's a long time since 66. It certainly is, and I see the old, um, old there the celebrations in Scotland. They've made a major tournament as well, too. Now that will really add the Euros. Uh, hopefully, if, if COVID's all done and dusted, and we can get crowds to the Euro Championships, because the, 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 the Scots actually will add some tremendous flavour and colour to the tournament. They're, they're absolutely fantastic supporters, great singers, and really enjoy themselves and, and really get into the spirit of the tournament. So, really glad to see Scotland back there. They will take a massive support uh, to all of their games, and uh, well deserved and uh, well done to our county brothers. Oh, it certainly is, and well done to them. Uh, so the last spots were found in Europe, and of course um, we've got some EPL coming up uh, th- this week, which is this oh, weekend, thank yeah, goodness. Yeah, well, the, big, the big one, the big one, the standard game uh, undoubtedly uh, is uh, Champions Liverpool against current league leaders Leicester and Anfield. Right, this, this, this will be a cracking match, and it's actually on at a very good time, New Zealand time, so I think it's on about breakfast time on Sunday morning, so Ooh, uh, that would be, yeah, that. so that'll be, that'll, that'll be a, a real good watch, and uh, yeah, for a top of the table flash, or a bit of Liverpool have got all sorts of injury problems, Virgil van Dijk out for the season, probably the Possibly, uh, arguably, the best uh, central defender in the world out for the rest of the season after that horrible tackle at the uh, Merseyside Derby. And then, of course, Mohamed Salah now yeah. has uh, cont- uh, contacted uh, COVID-19. So so it's, it's, it's Liverpool are certainly uh, getting their resources stretched on. It won't be handy against uh, Brendan Rodgers as Leicester at Anfield. So looking forward to that one. And, of course, you're the uh, man up to date now, Eamon, I believe, with the New Zealand uh, Football Championships. I did note that uh, Team Wellington beat the Phoenix and uh, Auckland City uh, beat Eastern Suburbs. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, Auckland City had a good win over Eastern Suburbs at Kiwi Tear Street. Also, some of the other results, Waitakere 4, Canterbury United 
nil. So that's not. Remember, Canterbury's the only South Island side in the in the Premiership, and Hamilton Wanderers. And I believe Ricky Herbert has had has had a lot to do with this. Bet who walked by United free. Oh, superb! Yeah, Ricky Herbert. What a man! What a legend! Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the other talking of legends, uh, uh, Eamon Dustin Johnson won yeah, the US brilliant. Masters by five strokes and over over uh, Australian uh, Cameron Smith. And, and look, that's a phenomenal transition from Cameron Smith from rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same. <laughs> that he's an avid fan of the show. He he calls you Mr. <laughs> McNice. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, they're talking of golf. He'd probably have a bit of time in his hands to play golf, you know, because sooner or later he's going to have to pack his bags and get out of the out of the White House. But the bumble on the matter is, is that Melania is going to be packing her bags too and going to cash up on the prenup. So uh, so there could be <laughs> there could be plenty of time on the golf course for Mr. Trump going forward. I, oh, how the mighty have fallen! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? We 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 if we can get him over here after his presidentship. <laughs> And, and maybe we could organise a bit of a golf, a golf day with uh, at Carry Cliffs or at Golf Harbour, and you know. Well, so you could throw them off. You could throw them off to Carry. No, 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 no. I think it'd be extraordinary. I think you, you know, this, we could actually make a lot of money out of it, and, and probably get a lot of abuse from anti anti Trump supporters. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? But I'm uh, certainly looking forward to Mark Watson up next. And, uh, yeah, great show, uh, even uh, as per normal. Oh, thank you. And, of course, uh, your uh, input is always fantastic. Um, I suspect that um, I've already let Mr Summerfield know that the, that to go and grab a coffee because I've just got to get a fresh cup of coffee cause, um, and I'm just going to let Mark say his piece. I'm going to tell him he's in a really safe place. Feel free. You're in a safe place. I'm actually giving them more time than usual. So... <laughs> So this could be. I can this... tell you what, it, it's going to be absolutely radioactive. So we're looking forward well, to that. Well, do you know? Uh, do, you we'll, know we'll... do you know when that result came in? I had to text the great man himself, and I said, "Let it all out on Monday." And he said, "He texts me back, yes, I will." So, <laughs> oh, but no, but you know, you can say what you like about Mark, and, and you know, he gets criticised, he gets maligned by a lot of people. But I have to say, I I think he's. I think he's worth his weight in gold. I think he's. It's good to have someone that's honest, someone that gives us stuff about gives us stuff about sports, and 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 we'll back it up. You know, people tend to forget that. You know, Mark's not scared to put his neck on the line, and he is the first to admit that he's when he's wrong. And I have to say personally, I will say this about my old mate Mark: he has been an absolute fantastic supporter, like you, like Mr. Summerfield, like Mr. Endicott. Like Mr. Wheaton, like Mr. McCarthy, when we can get him off Great Barrier Island of the show. Oh no, you know, no, it's fantastic, fantastic. Pe- people give their time, and uh, yeah, and hopefully people get a bit of a giggle and a laugh. And uh, oh, no, yeah. no, it's all it's, it's all about it's a bit of fun, fun as well, too. Oh, absolutely. Hey, well, we'll catch you next week, Evan, uh, uh, and um, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm looking I'm, forward to the rest of the show. Well, I, I'm looking forward. To, well, <laughs> I'm looking forward of trepidation because. Um, as soon as the show ends and when the broadcasting standard of authority here comes on, you know that something's going to happen. <laughs> hey, 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 they're a badge of honour. I've had a couple of them myself. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, Mr. McKay just threw you under the bus on a few of them too. <laughs> hey, Brendan, great chatting to you, and we'll chat next week. It's, and I hope you enjoy what Mr. Watson and Mr. Summerfield have got to say up next. Excellent. Good work. Keep it up. 
Cheers. Thanks Cheers, a lot, mate. Brendan. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brendan McNeese. So we're going a bit earlier to, we're going to play a bit of music. We're going to get a bit, go a bit earlier to Mark Watson and Sean Summerfield. I know they've both got opinions on the rugby result. Also, we're going to speak about a bit of motorsports, Lewis Hamilton, a bit of, um, bit of, bit of golf with the Masters. So uh, they're up next. So I'll just, get, I'll just play a bit of music. And next up, we will have the panel, Mark Watson and Sean Summerfield. a bit of split split ends but good song so sorry to cut it short well we got we've got the panel on next and of course i'd like to welcome on this lovely auckland afternoon the silver tongue silver fox sean summerfield how are you good mate how are you oh good fantastic weekend and of course mr mark watson mark how are you very well thank you yeah very well afternoon to you sean Hey, hey, Mark. I don't know if you've been listening, but yeah. Heyman is as up. This is like bigger than Don King ever upped any of the heavyweight fights. You you have been set set for a big one. 
I, I feel like I should okay. sit back. Okay, Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> it's good. It's good to talk, Mark. Just let it all out. We want to hear you. Let it all out oh. about Saturday, please. Let it all out. Well, just, I'm going to oh, go and grab a coffee. I, you I, grab I a coffee, I Sean. I, I think I said it two years ago with a famous line. Apologise to me. Uh, look, one of the worst All Black performances. Oh, I'm just trying to remember a worst All Black performance. Um, look, I thought at some point in our history Argentina would beat us, but I always felt that it would be in Argentina, never an easy place to play. And Argentina, you know, to be credit to them, finished third at the World Cup back in 2008 and a much improved side. But for an All Black team that had just come off the back of a loss to a pretty ordinary Australian team, you just expected so much more. And you thought, well, hey, we, we may have learned something from the semi-final against England in terms of breaking these bigger sides down who get up very flat in defence, but clearly we have learned nothing. And we've learned nothing because we just simply haven't evolved, have we, with our intellectual property and our and our sort of um, our coaches. I, I mean, Ian Foster's appointment was nothing short of just political, just, just an extension of Steve Hansen. He's not there on merit. He never got the assistant job with the All Blacks. I already got it because Steve Hansen liked them and Steve Hansen got on well with them. And he was always going to get this job, and now it's coming back to haunt New Zealand rugby, isn't it? I mean, I'd like to know, and I'd like to ask some media, but most of the media in the All Black camp have been bought over the years or simply aren't in Australia due to COVID-19. What is the game plan? Where is the evolution in the way the All Blacks are playing? How do we break these bigger sides down? How do we break them down? Oh, apparently we go wide and we beat them on the edges. Really? You know, you've got players playing out of position. That's never worked for us. Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett at best should be back playing for Taranaki. And if he's not playing for Taranaki, we want him in this all-black team. We'll start him at full-back and put Bowden on the damn bench if he's not going to play at first 5-8. Uh, as, as for our type 5, well, I mean, Patrick Tui Pelodo, he's a very hit-and-miss type player, isn't he? He's sort of one of those guys who, if he gets a bit of go forward and gets some early ascendancy, his confidence is up. But if he gets not back... He offers nothing. Uh, Sam Whitelock, I think, you know, he offers some leadership, but he's passed his best at 117 tests. And I think what this reinforces just how much we do miss Brody Retallick. You know, um, it just offers so much with ball in hand. Uh, look, you know, our front row, we've just got so caught up over the years of just good technical scrummages that we've actually given up things such as size. We've given up mobility. And our type five would just, we're just simply poor. But it just goes back to playing players out of position. I mean, Jack Goodyear is a centre. He is not a second 5'8". Anton Leonard-Brown has been brilliant when he plays at second 5'8". So why with the experimentation? And, and, you know, Ian Foster just sits there and, you know, you can, he's a coach under pressure. Any other sports league in the world, this guy will be sacked. He's got a two-year contract. Guarantee they extended a further two years through to the Rugby World Cup because that is what the Kremlin do. That is what the cloak and dagger mentality uh, led by at, at the very, very top um, will, will do because this is a boys' club. This is the old boys' network. You, you know, for so long we put all our weight and all everything on the All Blacks at the expense of Super Rugby, the Mitre 10 Cup, Senior Club Rugby. But it's a house of cards because the All Blacks are crumbling. So what have we got left now? You know, what, what are we going to, two weeks' time, bring it out and go, oh, you know, and, and we'll have Oliver, Bernadine Oliver Kirby on Sky somewhere. Well, it's a wounded All Black team. Oh, the cliches will roll out. I mean, I could see Argentina beating us again in two weeks' time because I'm not sure um, how, they're going to, how they're going to address this. I mean, nobody can argue that, you know... Adi Severe playing well. I, I feel a little bit for Sam Kane because he's trying to do everything he can as a player. Um, at what point do you start blooding some talent? What point do you maybe give Akira Rawani a, a crack at six? Or is it just simply, you know, it is a leadership thing and maybe we are just lacking some leadership here. We're just lacking that ability for these decision makers on the field. But I'll say this, I'll go back. When was the last time an all-black team had the ability during a game to change from plan A to plan B? We don't. And part of the reason we don't is because we are just so over-resourced off the field. Everything is done for these guys. Excuses are made about how tired they are. They've got people carrying their damn bags. They've got a players' association going in there advocating for them at the age of 18. So they don't accept responsibility anymore. All we hear about is how tough life is as a professional all-black, how life how tough life is as a professional rugby league player. You know, we've got to move past this mentality. And, and yeah, it's incredibly sad. And the problem when we lose 
to the Wallabies, and now we lose to Argentina, it's what do we start to accept losses now as All Black fans? Do we start to become a bit apathetic? There was a time when Auckland rugby was never allowed to lose, and then they lost, and they lost, and then everybody just expected to Auckland to lose, and it no longer hurt after a while. You know, what are we going to do? Reduce rugby to once every four years? Now? Oh, it's all about building. You know, the sun will come up in the damn morning, as Steve Hansen said when we lost to the Australians. Look, Hansen, too need to take some responsibility here. Just remember, we knighted, we knighted Steve Hansen for losing a Rugby World Cup, for, for tying a series against the British and Irish Lions, for losing to Ireland twice in our history. We knighted this guy. These guys can do no wrong. And the media need to take some responsibility too. You know, Sky Television, stop being damn cheerleaders and let's have the debate. Guarantee tomorrow night of that dreadful show, The Breakdown, we will have them just talking about the positives. There won't be the debate around Ian Foster. There'll be none of that. Oh, no, we can't upset our 5% shareholders, even if it comes at the expense of the other 95% of people who have an invested interest in Sky. That's me. Okay, that was uh, f- uh, 5 minutes and 40, 40 seconds. Okay, Sean, your thoughts? Look, but it's hard not to... Not to disagree. No, and no, and what's interesting, yep. Argentina talked about playing for Argentina. We, when was the last time we had all that talk about, I'm doing this for my country? They're doing that for themselves now. That's the feeling you, you, you sort of get. We can't, we can't risk giving up a Christmas day for our country. But Argentina, those guys play for their country. Maybe you say it's taking it too far, but these guys have played four, five, six, ten times the average wage. Keep that in mind just because they can run faster and catch better than the rest of us. And that's all they can do, well, can better they? than the rest of us. Well, well, <laughs> that's debatable. More specifically on the field, the plan A, plan B thing is, is dead on. And it left me wondering, Mark, could they not come up with a plan B? Do they not have the ability to make the decision? Or do they not have the, 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 the horsepower and the machinery to make that decision? And you talk about players playing out of position. I'm going back to a time when a player who I, is my favourite all-back of all time, Jeff Wilson, decided he wanted to play full-back and not wing. He was always better on the wing. He might have thought he was better at full-back. He was better yeah. on the wing. Christian Cullen was in at centre. Is that correct? Yeah, he certainly this was. Stuff. 99 Rugby you World don't yeah. mess with the stuff. It works. It works for a reason. And I think there's all, all these... Little things that's going on. Yes, we've got too many fullbacks, too many first fives at the moment. We haven't got a centre that can bust through the line. There's a pretty simple plan B. We've, we've got to have that. Yes, White looks in long in the tooth. To me, he feels like the guy that's leading by example out there. Um, Rishi McCaw's point of difference was he he knew exactly what he was good at on the field, and that was stealing ball, niggle and all that. But he set himself apart from the team as a captain, and that was, I think, part of his success, because sometimes you've got to say things and do things that people might not agree with, but they need to hear. I'm worried maybe Sam is one of the boys. He was the a bit like Foster. He was the um, the lieutenant for such a long time, the guy on the bench, the guy behind the the guy in charge. Is it you know stepping up sometimes is harder than if you step from somewhere else. So I'm wondering about those things, but guys. I'm just going to say Argentina outplayed us. They out, they they tackled us off the field. They had no fear. They've got a guy, Checker, there who, who knows how to get inside our heads and knows that if they don't take a backward step, you destroy the whole aura. And a guy that and, was... And, yeah, sorry, yeah, mate. And they, they deserve to do that, you know? And, and there was a deserved win. They didn't... It wasn't through dirt or foul play. It was it was good, good old-fashioned stuff. It was great to hear Hugo Porter talk about the fact that Argentina all love rugby for how they played and what they did on the field and, and rather than, you know, what their contract is and, and where they go. Uh, I'll get back to one more thing, guys. I am worried, is the all-black legend becoming a myth? Well, I mean, look at this, though. I mean, think about it. Argentina beat the All Blacks and beat us comfortably. Argentina, the All Blacks. I mean, you do put that in context. Yes, they've improved. We've taken 35-odd players out there. There's always the debate on those players that have missed out, you know, that couldn't get in. Um, what's his name? Uh, been plenty of discussion around the Taranaki Lucy and Chiefs Lucy. Uh, sorry, I'm just having a mental block on his name. I love them both here, Mark. 
you know, Lachlan Boschier, you know, why is he not over there? Because oh, clearly he's probably upsetting in Foster or, or maybe Steve Hansen doesn't like him and Steve Hansen said, look, I just don't like this guy. He said something rude to me once in the tunnel or whatever goes on. You know, we've seen it happen over the years. And you've got players like that back here, not good enough to make this all-black team. And then, uh, and you go, and then you've got a staff of 25. This is all we do. And Argentina make us look completely outclassed, a team that hadn't played for 18 months. And what do we do? We've had we've had plenty of game time coming, and they haven't had a really big, long season. And now there's talk about oh, making sure we get them back on the plane so they can all rest start. Forget all the bullshit. Forget all the stuff about the rest and the rotation and all of it. Just start playing the game. Remind them that, yes, you are New Zealanders. Yes, it is about playing for your country. Maybe when COVID stops, and I know they've done it previously when they have travelled to Europe and they played the French, let's get them up to places like Gallipoli. Let's try and put some context back in here. Let's get the Players Association get rid of them completely because I think they have too much say and too much input into it. You know, do it for us. And if you don't want to do it, and if you want to sit down and negotiate your next wage salary and say, well, you have to give me a billion bucks or I'm eating off of the Northern Hemisphere, go to the damn Northern Hemisphere. If, it keeps, if it's money that's only going to keep you in the All Black jersey, go. You should want to play for the All Blacks for nothing, and the money should just simply be a bonus. The money should just be a simple way of keeping score. Oh, how tough is life? Oh, how tough is life? I'm, getting, I'm 26 years of age. I'm getting $800,000 a year. Well, I know 26-year-olds living out of Virawa who are doing 60 hours a week of work, you know, as, as, as contractors, maybe earning $80,000 a year, having to pay ACC and all sorts of stuff. You don't hear them bitching and moaning about how tough life is. You know, give some give a reality check back to these clowns. It starts at the top, you know. It starts with the likes of Ian Foster. Get rid of the damn chairman of New Zealand rugby. I mean, he is honestly just a dinosaur. I mean, right down to the appointment of Mark Robertson. Really, how transparent was that whole bloody process? It wasn't transparent at all. It wasn't. These guys have their guys lined up, and they're going to do it their way because it's in their best interest. Because like anything, they start out with the best intentions, but they get, they're just like pigs with their heads in the trough after a while, and it's a damn disgrace. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, 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 those blokes on 80 grand, you're also spending 150 bucks a ticket to go and watch the All Blacks play as well. Uh, yeah. So um, and we've got to remember who actually funds this team when it comes down to it. It's people that pay for their subscriptions on Sky. It's people that, you know, pay to go to the games and, and, and eat their wheat bix and all the, all the uh, sponsors that pay stupid money to be part of this uh all back strumming, but oh, look, I do want to get back. Look, I saw that headline that was ripped off the yep. the Scottish Sun and the Liverpool Echo about was it Super Sanchez go ballistic? All backs are atrocious. Um, and I saw that and I thought, you know what, we we are, and you might disagree with me here, Mark, and I'm happy for that, but I think we we are a bit arrogant sometimes in, in treating the All Blacks like superhuman. The fact is that these Argentinians, man for man, are pretty physically impressive. And if, if they have a bit of self-belief, that can be enough to do it. I think the All Blacks weren't good enough. It was evident in the school line. They didn't have ideas, but it might be 1% or 2% that cost them. I, I truly believe that we have to give credit to Argentina. In the same way that the All Whites went out and beat England... We would not want England to be going on that they were shit. We'd want to think the All Blacks played well. And that's why I just want to keep this in perspective, that we shouldn't be that arrogant and think we're always going to be on top. Hopefully they take this uh, in the humble way and learn from it and, and become once again the best side in the world because this just didn't happen uh, on the weekend. This, this has been happening for a while and they have a big win over the Wallabies and they think that it's, it's all OK. But, um, yeah, but, but, you know, there's been a lot of elementary mistakes. We don't learn from it. We didn't learn from anything after the British and Irish Lions tour. You know, we were beaten by Ireland in Chicago. We started to look dodgy in 2018. We weren't learning anything. Just worry about the World Cup, we're told, you know. Uh, Ian Foster, I just don't think, has the rugby brain to be able to take this team in a new direction. If we're going to rebuild, then put Scott Robertson, bring some youthful exuberance in, just bring a completely different direction to this team and take this team in a new direction. I mean, stop overthinking it. All Ian Foster's done is just basically continue to adopt the same processes that Hanson put in place. It's, you know, there was a headline the other week. Ian Foster, one or two years, then Brad Moore, isn't that the plan? What's that? 
Brad Moore. Just a caretaker, isn't he? Bring in, bring up one of his, his his lieutenants, like Brad Moore or someone. Oh, I don't know. Then we'll knight them as well. But <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I mean, it was here was the other. Someone wrote a column the other week somewhere, and, and it's right. Ian Foster is a semi-final coach. Matt's his level. He'll take you to a semi-final. We'll take you no further. And, and we got to put up with this. Yeah. And look, I, and I'm sure you feel the same. This isn't a, us as having a crack personally at, at Ian Foster. He's actually a, a bloody good guy. He's, he, he was a damn good player and he is a damn good coach. But there is a there is a level here and, you know, and you, you can't be a nice guy in charge of the All Blacks. Uh, tell you what, Graham no, Henry, at- we're seeing a soft side now, but I'll tell you what. Hey, you spoke too earlier. I've got to mention you talked about players maybe not being liked by coaches and that. And I've been watching that great match show, which I think is one of the best things I've, I've seen. It's inspiring for blokes with physiques like myself. And Peter Alatini actually mentioned he was at the top of his game and Mitchell came in and his all-black career ended. And I think that's a damn shame when that happens. Yeah, yeah, but look, you know, Graham Henry, he's a guy too who was part of that appointment process for Foster. And then we, after we do drop that test to Australia, there's, there's um, you know, there's... Great, Sir Graham Henry coming out and saying, "Oh, you know, yeah, the best coach, Dave Rennie. You know, Dave Rennie should be the All Black coach. The best coach is actually coaching Australia. I mean, I just find that just turn coach. I just find that gutless. You know, it's <laughs> mischievous. Sort of stop jumping. Stop being a popular. Stop trying to somehow push that decision across onto someone else." Well, that's all I can say on that. Well, I have to say, gentlemen, we've. We've definitely analysed that. We we have got less. We've got we've got three and a half minutes short. Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, seven times world champ. Uh, really was a bit of a masterclass in the wet, which I thought was fitting. You know, when you when you're up there with the likes of Senna and Schumacher as, as a driver, to be able to do that in the wet, uh, Turkey was an absolute um, skating rink and uh, caught out a lot of drivers, but not him. So credit to him. Understandably emotional. Uh, also, too, uh, Suzuki Mir has won the MotoGP World Championship 20 years since Suzuki was there. So wow. that's a big thing for them overnight. And I've got to mention, too, credit where it's due, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen uh, won that uh, the rally event yesterday. Hayden Patton crashed out, but absolute rookie. And he won the uh, the Jacks Ridge Rally Sprint. And he actually won his class in the old Escort like his dad raced on the Saturday in the uh, Auckland City Rally. So um, you know, it's great to see, obviously, Hayden Patton smashed everyone in that one. But uh, that's most of the motorsports highlights for the weekend. Mark, there's probably some other sport on too. Maybe a bit of golf. Yeah. Mate, I'm still in mourning. Do you want a hug, Mark? No? I normally just sit back and watch the last nine holes of the Masters, but, um, yeah, I just... You know, well done to Dustin Johnson. Um, remarkable, what was he, 19 under or 20 under in the finish? Um, but yeah, I can I, say I, I still struggle just with having no crowds and stuff there, but it is what it is. But yeah, look, I mean, um, you, you know, the problem is we're just going to move, uh, going back to the All Black game, is that we really should be in Bournemouth here for two weeks and we should be just continuing the discussion, but it won't because everything's been dumbed down so much that, you know, we move on now within 24 hours and. As Steve Hansen once coined, the sun will come up in the morning, and with that mentality, mate, we're in a world of trouble. So I've probably said all I want to say. Um, I'm going to go get a bit of help now. I'm going to take three deep breaths, go see my psychologist, and um, yeah, try and be a bit more positive next week. Hey, what? Mark, Mark, the sun has come up at least. i tell you what, anyone, Adam Nurewai, Pihar, if you see Mark, feel free to give him a hug. He, he, he'll be very, very receptive to that um, Obviously, we've, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for last week. Um, obviously, the last minute, we had to get some people in from the Eden Lizards who won the National Under-85s Championship, so thank you so much. I'm just going to sign off to you guys. Thanks so much for your input today, both of you. And it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. You have definitely lifted my uh, my audience up right now, Mark and Sean. Mm, I don't know about I don't know about increasing the IQ because I probably brought it down, but hopefully um, there's common sentiment out there. You behave yourself. Okay, Mark. Please. Thanks. Cheers, Sean. That was awesome. Okay, that was over. Okay, so we might as well just end the show. Um, my analysis on the All Blacks since 2017, we haven't we haven't looked like the side we have. We've we've looked a bit underdone. We've looked a bit. We've missed something. 
that thing I think we've missed has been the, the name Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith has been so critical to the 2011-2015 All Blacks. We miss him. But who do, who do we find the new Wayne Smith? Is he out there? He possibly isn't. New Zealand rugby needs to have needs to stick with... Well, we'll probably stick with Ian Foster, but we need new ideas. We need fresh ideas. Maybe a Jamie Joseph. Maybe a Tony Brown. Maybe a Scott Robinson. Anyway, that's my opinion. Everyone have a great week. Thank you very much.